this is you and your body with Katie Asari. Let's shed the stigma, move through the awkwardness, and get a bit uncomfortable together. Let's talk about our bodies. Thank you so much for listening. listeners are coming from but I think all over the country um, our experience with COVID is on the upswing again of intensity right so it's not that it ever went away or that we ever really were you know out of the stress of it but it definitely feels like we're taking another swing upwards and um like the weather has turned, which makes it hard. And at least here in Washington, we um, got the order that um, prohibits any indoor hangs of any kind and um, that does some more locking down of indoor eating and dining and things like that. And whew, it can feel like a fuck ton, <laughs> right? At least to me, it feels like a lot to take on. I don't know if it resonates for you. I, I don't. But for me, it kind of feels like what I've always imagined being on a reality TV show would be like. Like, there's this person on high that makes a decree and then what you're allowed to do or how you're allowed to interact is suddenly changed. Um, and so I know for me that can feel really challenging. Uh, I like to have some control in my life. <laughs> And uh, we don't right now. And so I just wanted to start by saying that I hear you. I feel you. No matter what's going on, if you're fatigued, tired, stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, you're not alone. It's a lot to take on. And I think it's easy for us to forget because it's been going on for so long. What all we've been through, right? We've been going through a lot. A lot has been, um, like we've had COVID, but then we've also had a lot of things come to light that are not new to 2020. Um, but you know, all of the assault on black bodies, the uprisings, it's just, there's been a lot happening in our world and it's okay for us to feel overwhelmed and tired and like maybe we're kind of at the edge of our ropes. So if you're there, just know you're not alone. Know that, uh, I know it's not a huge offer, but I'm here to connect if you ever want to reach out. Instagram at you and your bod pod or on my website, www.youandyourbodpod.com. Um, I'm here for it. So if you'd like to connect, feel free to reach out. I will say some of the things that I've been doing that have been really helping me, and I mean just this week is that I uh, I got that Fitbit out of the drawer where it had died and no one had touched it and put it on and just realized I was not moving enough. Working at home is so hard and I wasn't taking the time to get up and take walks or to move throughout the day. And I think it was taking a bigger toll on my mental health than I realized. And so I've just been trying to walk more. Even if it's like pacing around my apartment, which I do sometimes. Um but even in this cold weather, this gross kind of rainy weather, I've just been trying to 
put on a baseball hat and a rain jacket, and yeah, I'm going to get cold and probably wet, uh, but I'm just going to come home and take a hot bath after because I have to be getting out of my home to walk. Um, and it's actually been helping. Don't get me wrong. There's still been frustrating and dark days, um, but I think it's helping the moving. And I've also been in the mornings trying to just get up a little earlier to get a few more minutes for myself. So if any of that helps you, uh, just know that you're not alone and we're here for you. Today I get to bring you a beautiful conversation from two of my dear friends, Anna and Gemma. Um, And I just can't wait for you to hear it and I hope it lifts your heart and lifts your spirit in this challenging time. Just don't forget you're not alone and you're enough just as you are. Welcome to the You and Your Body podcast. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're making it happen. Uh, I get to be here today with two of the best women in the world, uh, Anna and Gemma. Uh, Anna, well, we all three got to meet at our yoga teacher training in 2016, I believe. I think so that's four awesome. years ago. Wow. Um, yeah, we all got to meet there and got to be really good friends. And um, I'm really excited to talk to you today. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I usually like to start by just asking people, like, what about this project made you interested, right? So I don't really give people many details. I really just say, like, I'm just interested in talking to you about your relationship with your body and how that's changed over time. So what about that kind of resonated for either of you? Gemma, you go. (laughs) I think that, I mean, when thinking about our bodies, it's, this is, you know, it's our vessel for this, earthly realm that we're in and our journey like it holds us it carries us it is it's our cosmic meat suit if you will you know but our relationship to it is I feel like especially at at my age and the journey that we've gone through with our bodies for me personally it feels very intimate and there have been moments you know it's it's the only relationship really. It's like you, you and your body, that is what it is. Um, and so I think to dive into the subject matter and explore what that intimacy means and the lessons that come from it and the love, the like radical, radical love that we can find within ourselves and, and then share with others. I think that it is, this project is a catalyst for deep healing and deep, deep change in the world um and just to be able to have these really open raw conversations and hold that space katie thank you um because i feel like this is a platform that is very needed in the world today so yeah i just everything about it i'm i'm all in (laughs) oh thank you um i am here because you basically made me (laughs) true I mean, we obviously live in the same city and are really connected. So um, I've been watching this journey of you and your body and this podcast and just this call to share our truth with women and men and everyone, everyone who has a body. 
to just remind everyone that they're not alone in whatever experience they're having because yeah we have these bodies and they carry us but we also can have fucked up thoughts about them and (laughs) that maybe people don't see from the outside but we're all in this journey of like remembering a really deep love for ourselves and an acceptance and and i think we've been programmed to fit to think we need to fit in these specific boxes so the more that we share that we don't need to and the more that we share our joy just as much as we share our pain i think like Gemma said it's just this place for healing and we fucking need that now more than ever mm-hmm. you know to just be able to share my own experience so that someone could hopefully relate and not feel so alone that's that's the Absolutely. And I think sometimes we don't even realize that some of the ways we think about ourselves are problematic. Like, I don't know. I just think, I think too, just even coming to awareness that like, oh, that, that type of thinking is not helpful. Like, I think it took me a long time to realize that some of the things that I think about myself and my body aren't, aren't kind. Cause yeah. I think that they're so common. Every, I feel, you know, you hear, like, I think how many of us grew up hearing our mothers criticize their bodies. You know, like I think I grew up with my mother criticizing her body a lot. And it's not that I think my mother was intending to hurt me by any means. My mother's incredible and she is a great mom. But I think when you constantly hear those messages of women around you talking negatively about themselves, it, it's easy for that just to become what's in your head. Yeah. Like yeah. you lose five, 10 pounds. It's like, and then what? Like, then you're going to like yourself? Like, right. Or like, yeah. Or like this idea of, you know, looking in the mirror and rather than just like radiating love back to yourself, it's like, oh, I wish my little arm flap would go away or like my yeah. little thigh jigglies or and cellulite or whatever. And this idea of, unrealistic perfection because perfection does not exist and it is and if it does it is boring (laughs) and yeah this this just we don't realize the subconscious ingrained ways that we speak to ourselves but it does like the way we speak to ourselves matters so 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 much (laughs) like language is a huge tool to communicate with others but to ourselves too and if it's just that little monkey mind like that Mm self-talk i feel like it can kind of get you know fall by the wayside we might not notice it as much but it's there and it permeates yeah i also feel like Sometimes I've noticed that sometimes it is like actual words in my head, but sometimes it's just like seeing myself in the mirror and feeling like a wave of like disgust almost, <laughs> which is like our shame. <laughs> Thank you. But you know what I mean? I think sometimes too, when we first started talking about stuff like this, I thought it was only words. And I was like, well, I don't say mean things to myself, but, but it, there's also like just feelings where you're like, oh, I feel badly or I feel shame or like I put on something and I'm like, oh, I couldn't possibly wear that in public. And take it back off and change, yeah. you know. And mm-hmm. like, we're getting older, and I'm yeah. noticing my, like, sometimes my resistance to like looking at my face in the mirror. Like most of the time, I can see myself and be like, "Yeah, you look a fly as fuck," which has been a massive shift, and that has taken a lot of work. But just like noticing, like, 
bags under my eyes or like some pictures where I'm like, oh, there's some like that too is I think going to be a beautiful area of work for us as we age. Yeah. We used to be younger. <laughs> now we're, look, we look, we're starting to look different. And that's, I think, too, something that's worth, like, talking about because we're all going to be getting older together. Yeah. And, and I start sagging. Yeah. <laughs> but viewing that as a gift, yeah, <laughs> we can sag together. So Sonia Renee Taylor, uh, her book is called the body is not an apology, the power of radical self-love. And she kind of speaks, even in the prologue, my mind is blown about <laughs> our bodies and our, the, this purpose and survival and, you know, what have you. But she was talking about, she says, I have my own name for natural intelligence. I call it radical self-love. Um, radical self-love was the force that canoned the words, your body is not an apology out of my mouth, directed toward a friend, but ultimately barreling into my own chest and then into the hearts of hundreds of thousands of people around the world, evangelizing radical self-love as the transformative foundation of how we make peace with our bodies, make peace with the bodies of others, and ultimately change the world, she says is her highest calling. But it's just like, yeah, this idea of, of radical self-love and what that means and using it as, like, as resistance to the norm, to these boxes that we want to break down that don't really exist <laughs> absolutely and how many times have i used my body as an apology you know like i've apologized how many times for my size for being you know making someone else uncomfortable by wearing short shorts like I, I, how many times have we used i definitely think that that word your body is not an apology is really powerful because mm -hmm. it's not it's to be celebrated <laughs> yeah, i think we make ourselves small exactly as it is like not without cellulite not without stretch marks not without hair around my fucking nipples like let it grow baby like, let your body just fucking be mm -hmm. and, yeah, yeah well, and it's, it's important yeah and it's interesting too like noticing my body in different seasons whether it's actual like physical earth seasons or seasons of life um how I speak to myself or, or how much I apologize for it. You know, if I'm feeling like healthy and great, I'm like, I'm rocking it and life is good. But then like in the winter when I just want to eat Thai food all the time and, you know, I'm not as active. It's those moments that I'm learning are the most important to practice that because whatever season my body is in and it's hard, like I hold a lot of, I'm very self-conscious about my body <laughs> and have been for a long time, but yeah, it's in those seasons of the tenderness of the beautiful imperfection because it's still my body and that gratitude just is, will never go away. <laughs> How would you both have described your relationships with your body when you were younger? Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. um, when I was younger, I compared my body to little thin white girls. And I'm not white. I was born in Colombia, and I just 
looked at what was around me, which I was raised in a smaller town and my parents are white and all my friends were white. So I just thought that's, that's how I needed to look. And the hair on my arms made me feel uncomfortable. And my little baby mustache made me uncomfortable. And like just having a, a different bone structure made me uncomfortable. And I wanted to have like the flat natural stomach like some of my girlfriends had and I just I didn't I didn't have like role models to look up to that looked like me so I think that I just for a lot of the earlier years in my life just thought I needed to look like something that like one I don't look like anyone and two I'm my body's different than and the younger girls that I was friends with. And so honestly, it's not just until the past couple of years that I'm finally, I feel like stepping into a celebration and an appreciation of my body the way that it is. Um, because I'd say for 28 years of my life, I've been like pretty lost in the department of like actual, actual, self-love and acceptance because I just didn't really know where to look because I've just had like identity challenges I've had a wild experience with my identity <laughs> so yeah just growing up I was really out of touch well, that makes a lot of sense was there a catalyst for you to like what was the kind of gateway or the start of your like journey with that if you don't mind me asking katie or you know hopping in here okay <laughs> uh, i mean yoga like you're forced to fucking look at all your shit whether you want to or not well you're invited <laughs> you um and at moto practicing in front of the mirror was like really hard to just see my body every day in warrior two in a wide-legged forward fold like looking at my rolls but really it's just my body and um yeah just kind of realizing that like the way i had been operating in my brain before i don't have to do that like i can do the work to fall more in love with myself and to accept myself and just like noticing what I'm feeding my brain, like what, who I follow on Instagram or like who I look up to or, or I'm inspired by now are women of all different colors and different bodies and different abilities with different messages than the messages that I was funneled into for the beginning of my life. So it's like just realizing that like, there's more mental freedom to be had and a lot more love to be had if you just keep burning away those insecurities and peeling back all those layers and but like first I think it just takes acknowledging and speaking it out loud of like how disconnected and, and unhappy I was from myself so mm -hmm. yoga definitely was the magnifying glass <laughs> all of that mm -hmm. and, but you know, the, like we said, the more that we speak it out loud and connect to other humans, like we're not alone in any of the, the shit that we we think we're alone in. Mm -hmm. So that's 
been a really nice foundation to keep growing and healing from. Well, it sounds to me like representation, even within the yoga community is important too, that like we need to be showing that there's teachers of all types and sizes and colors out there in the world so that people don't feel like it's only tiny white women. Because yeah. I do think there is that same kind of problem like you're talking about is in childhood kind of happens in the yoga community too, where like people don't always feel comfortable if all they're seeing is kind of like stereotypical quote unquote, like thin white women, you know? Yeah. Like that's yeah. It's for so many people. So yeah, just speaking to that change and being like, there needs to be representation for everyone because everyone has a body and they don't all look the same and they're not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And interesting right now, everything coming out with, you know, the yoga community, it's like, it's another perspective and lens of the privilege of white folks, mm -hmm. you know, it's like that is reinforced. It's usually, you know, if you have access to yoga, you can afford a membership. You can, you're probably in a, a, you know, safer neighborhood, which is just another term for probably white, <laughs> you know, like, let's start to break down that as well. Because, yeah, putting up those barriers and lack of representation, it's like, that's not, this is not the world. Yeah, and it fucking matters. And people yeah. who aren't represented, it's just yeah. another reminder, you don't fit in that box yeah. every time, so. Well, there's a reason even my own husband doesn't really feel comfortable practicing in a studio. You know what I mean? I think yeah. as a black man, he just doesn't feel welcomed or doesn't see himself reflected yeah. in the communities that are available around. Um, and I think that made him hesitant. And it's why he started doing yoga on YouTube. Yeah. That's where he felt safest was in our home and yeah. in YouTube. And it's a place to start, but I would love to be able to see more communities where there, he would feel more welcome walking in the door. I think he was intimidated by the money and the whiteness. I think he was like this, like bouginess was hard for him. And I think the whiteness is hard. Yeah. And Katie, that's like something that I've always just been so inspired and like blown away by you is like, I remember at our training, you were like, this is hard. Like, I don't look like everyone here. And like, that's hard. But like the amount of like courage and like determination to just be like, fuck it, I'm going to break the norm and just be this like beautiful, strong ass, sexy woman. And, and know that you are making a difference for so many people mm -hmm. is like, oh, you are just a fucking goddess. And I love you. Truly. Yeah. But I mean, I even remember at training in 24 years ago, sitting down with one of the facilitators as me and crying and saying like, I don't know if I belong. Like, should I be a teacher with this body? Like, maybe I'm not like people have always, I think for so long people always told me I wasn't healthy or made assumptions that I wasn't healthy because of the shape of my body. And so people would always assume, well, you, she must not be very healthy or she doesn't eat well or she doesn't exercise. And so I think I just, I thought maybe I didn't have a right to be teaching a yoga class. Like if I didn't have a quote unquote healthy body that looked like what people expected it to. Um, but Esme reassured me that I should still be a yoga teacher. <laughs> she, she did a great job, but I mean, it was an hard. Amazing yoga teacher. Yeah, and you, you invite, you widen the lens and the scope of 
of who thinks that they can get on their mat and move their body and learn to love it. Cause I feel like there was an Instagram thing not too long ago and it was like 15 or whatever different bodies and they were all different shapes and sizes. And it was like, if all these people ate the same diet and did the same exercises, their bodies would still look different. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's so, it's so true. true. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're doing this podcast, but like you just, mm -hmm. you inspire me on the daily. And I think you are without maybe even noticing it, making a massive, massive container for self-acceptance and love that mm -hmm. is really needed. Well, thank you. It means a lot. And I have had a few people come up to me and say, like, I was nervous about being in this space. And then I saw that you were a teacher. And so I felt like maybe it'd be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like I didn't, I think it matters to not only have representation in our students, but as teachers to, to, for them to be able to see that, you know, somebody who is not white, someone with a bigger body, someone with a different age. I love it when I see older yoga teachers, you know, a lot of us are really young. I think that's really important for people to see those people in leadership, yeah. you know, that like this community wants to elevate people no matter what their factors yeah. are, you know, yeah. places. Well, and celebrating, celebrating different lived experiences. It's like, mm -hmm. we are not the same. Like these, ex everyone's experience is different in their body. Yeah. So what they have to say and what they have to share, that is gold, you know, like, mm -hmm. It's yeah, that's true. Expansion is being able to learn from many different perspectives. It's not just the privileged. Ooh. In fact, quite the opposite. <laughs> and I'm really open with people. I share, especially in the lobby. Like I'm not always gonna during class be like, let's stop and chat about my journey. But like in the lobby, I have no problem telling people like I practiced without my glasses for years because I couldn't see my body without getting upset, and so. The hot room mirrors were scary, so I, I've been a back. You remember? You all remember? I used to practice in the back row exclusively. Unless you're practicing with me, I was like, "Baby, you're coming up." <laughs> I up there, and I hated it. I'm like a middle rower at best now. Still, but I still we don't even have rows anymore. <laughs> we're pretending, okay? PC. I was a middle row kind of lady, but yeah, you know, I tell I tell our students like it's okay, like it's okay that it's really hard to look at yourself in the mirror. Like, you're not alone if that barrier feels like a lot. Like, take off your glasses. S go right behind someone. Like, yeah. it's okay if that's part of the journey is, like, yeah. eventually being able to see yourself in the mirror. And, like, our bodies look weird in those poses. Like, we're seeing ourselves in shapes we're not used to. It doesn't Whatever you're doing is not good for anyone. <laughs> Ooh, it's the booty, the belly. It's just a lot. It's a lot to look at. It's, I think it's okay. I hate it whenever you're in Warrior 2 and you face the other, or when you're in um, Downward Facing Dog away from the mirror and you, like, look back. You're like, there's my crotch. There's a lot of butt. There's a lot of vagina. It's just a lot going on. Yeah. And I still notice those reactions in myself. I'll be like, ooh. That's a lot to look at, but I can take a deep breath. And baby steps, right? Like what we feel comfortable with. It's like, it's not, it is a journey, right? Like self-love and, and acceptance. And, you know, it's, it's a long, hard journey and it's never going to end, you know? So it's like, whatever gets you there that day to your mat, do what you have to do, you know? Like, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a, process I remember after breaking my foot in India and coming back and practicing again like I could not even stand 
on my foot. And I just remember like there was one class where I just started sobbing because I was just like, I don't, my body, I don't even know. I'm so disconnected from my body right now. And mm. it was so disorienting. And afterwards I just kind of sat for a while and I was like, but you are healing. Like mm-hmm. it will take a long time and this will be hard. And little by little you can do it, but like facing just, you know, and just like, even in just mountain pose, it was hard. I could barely put my foot down and I was like, okay, like back to basics, back to the basics of just the little things and appreciating what you can do in the moment (laughs) and not getting mad or, or reactive to it, but just being like, this is how I'm feeling right now. (laughs) I'm just going to send some more love there. (laughs) Did you ever feel like your body betrayed you? I feel like I felt that way sometimes when I've injured myself. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, are you, are we on the same team or not? Like, I thought we were. What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) On last week, like, I think these times right now during COVID, like, obviously, we're, we're holding a lot of trauma and, like, this experience that we're all having collectively is, like, hard and I mean for me getting on my yoga mat is harder because there's just more fucking shit going on and that magnifying glasses is higher so my body doesn't feel the way that it did when this all started I was feeling really strong and the most flexible I've ever felt and so of course I was feeding into my ego but I physically felt a lot more free and I got on my mat to sequence last week and I just started doing shit that like and I kind of hurt my back for like a day and it was like oh my gosh just choosing to be kind and be understanding to myself instead of go down this rabbit hole of like betrayal and I'm not doing enough and like letting that spiral like know that it's possible to go there and then just choose to be like girlfriend you have to hold yourself sweeter because you're just gonna make it worse and and like if your back hurts and it's hard to pick things up for a day like meet yourself there and don't be have these expectations of yourself so high that when they're not met you're just crushing yourself like it's yeah like we're parenting ourselves (laughs) like 24 7 and yeah our bodies are not an exception to the to the care and understanding like that's where we need to be and our mind that's also part of our body but like we just need to be really 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 nice to ourselves always but especially right now because yeah when you were saying like covid and all of this it really is bringing up a lot of trauma and like the ability to sit with ourselves and slow down and and our bodies you know it's it's they're so much more than just what is physically appearing it's like you know we talk about it in yoga all the time it's like our bodies hold trauma hold experiences hold memories all these things like whether it's hips or shoulder you know like yeah being tender and conscientious of all the shit that we are holding that's (laughs) so much beyond our skin within us and uh, yeah again, like you said, Anna, like just being so tender and gentle and kind to ourselves as these things come up, because 
it's a lot more than we're all used to. <laughs> so yeah, that gratitude for that holding of space and being like, all right, today my physical body is not <laughs> on the same page because my internal goings on <laughs> are kind of swirly <laughs> and kind of chaotic. <laughs> Well, there's a book, which I haven't read all of it, so I'm not going to claim that I'm an expert, but called uh, Your Body Keeps the Score. That's about trauma and how it plays out in your body. Um, and it's really fascinating to learn about, like, all the ways that it affects your physiological body, like your heart rate, your, you know, all these things are affected by all the trauma that you carry and the stress and the ways that it does affect your body. So I think so often we're so hard on ourselves, like, well, I only did yoga this many times this week, or I only did this. And it's like, I think it's important to give ourselves a little bit of grace that like we're working through a lot. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like what has worked before you might need a different outlet, you know, like yeah. I keep, I need to, I am reminding myself weekly, like I'm not a bad yoga teacher. If I'm not practicing six days a week, I'm not like, it's okay if I'm less flexible right now everything's okay and if I need to get on my bike and listen to fucking rap and ride my bike today instead for my brain then that's okay like yeah yeah. yeah I know that I'm holding myself to again those standards and expectations that it's just like we need to do what feels right for us in the moment and that is probably a little bit different than what felt right and and supportive before this and after this and yeah. next week, you know, like it's always changing and yeah. To just remind ourselves of that. Yeah. And I think also acknowledging um, the ebbs and flows and of mental health, like acknowledging that as a part, like our society is it, it's like, it doesn't exist. Like yeah. mental health is such a huge thing that needs to be acknowledged as a tool to, get deeper into our bodies and be able to, to take care and find that love. And if it's not being acknowledged by the mainstream, you know, yeah. it's like we have to change that because that is an, that's a whole outlet that if we could normalize that and acknowledge that the majority of our population, I mean, this is, that is a generalization. I don't actually know the facts, but like, <laughs> you know, it's like, if people are yeah, like if there's anxiety or depression or, you know, that is a huge thing that affects the way we think about ourselves, others, the way we, you know, our, view our bodies and what we're capable of, like, it's all got to change. <laughs> our, our whole society. <laughs> I've been trying to find a therapist and it's like the hardest thing in the world. You know, like I met with someone this morning and I was like, no, not really a fit. But like you have to get, meet with so many people and like the insurance and, you know, trying to get it covered by my insurance. It's a lot of work. I feel like it's like a little part-time job trying to get therapy set up. <laughs> yeah. For like, like, it's just like the baseline care, the baseline that every individual should have available to them, like mental health, like physical health, like nourishing yourself with good food like all of those things like you have to have x y and z to make that accessible and make it happen and it's like our world would be in such a different place if those just came as a given you're a human being 
your mental, your insides and your physical body, like they need to be cared for because like the yoga and the like spirituality and, and all this, like that's such a privilege that if those baseline things aren't being met, like it's just hard to really heal yourself if you're not being cared for at a baseline level. Yeah. And we like, even us being able to talk about this, like this is a privilege. And I think a lot about like, Katie, a lot of the work that you have been doing and Anna, you as well, like what's happening right now with liberation for people of color and acknowledging and like, I, you know, as a white woman, I'm like, I'm, I am, I have so much catching up to do, but like at least acknowledging like our system is fucked, you know, like the access to, to, clean, good, nourishing food, where, you know, the social location of where people are living, what growing up not privileged <laughs> looks like, feels like, and acknowledging that I'm, I'm acknowledging, I will never understand that, but how can we co-liberate or help that or like mycelially work in community not only healing ourselves, but how can we move beyond that to help heal deeper this world and, and create a new, a new way and like cr crushing this idea of, of normal and what is normal because it's all, nothing is normal anymore and it should not be because <laughs> normal ain't working. <laughs> yeah, and like, what like, actually, what, what'd you say? Oh, I just said COVID for sure made that clear. I feel like COVID really put a flashlight on everything in the yeah. dark corners we were trying to hide. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, people's healthcare is horrible. Yeah, great. Pandemic. Like, I just feel like <laughs> it's, been, it's yeah. really highlighted the fact the American system is not working well. Yeah. Like, lots of other places have a lot more access to healthcare. And, you know, I just think it's highlighting some big problems with the lack of social safety net in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think that is why this podcast is coming at such a good time is like what is normal is not feeling calm upstairs well, what is normal <laughs> is looking in the mirror and sometimes having your your first thoughts out of your head be fucking rude and like yeah. that's nor that's that's normal that is in all of us so like we keep saying like to say it out loud and to talk about it more is one way that we get to heal and and just acknowledge that mm -hmm. it's hard yeah i got to talk to mia a while ago you guys both know her i believe um and she brought up this idea that i've been really thinking about that i'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on about body neutrality so she was talking about how there's um people are basically often either told like you hate your body or you love your body right and like that feels like a really big leap like, you know, if you're still in the, like, waves of disgust when I see myself naked phase, like, being told to love your body is a lot to ask. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, like, I, I, I mean, I've been through that phase of, like, oh, seeing myself in a full-length mirror naked is very challenging sometimes still, and that's okay, but, like, she was talking about this space in between where we try and guide people towards neutrality, where, like, we can see our body as a machine that gets us places, or we can see it for its value in terms of function. And not necessarily that we have to right away think we have to go all the way to love. Yeah. The new idea to me, but what do you all think yeah. about it? I was intrigued. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, 
we read all these. And again, kind of Anna, what you were saying of like expanding the voices and teachers and people and body types and, you know, expanding that because like, I've read so much bullshit that's like, and just love yourself. And it's like, that's the most, oh bypassy, that's the most bypassy bullshit I've heard. Like, yeah. okay. And just like check done, you know, like Katie, like you were saying, that is really fucking hard. Like yeah. that is a hard process. And I guess I'm kind of thinking in the moment out loud, neutrality. I like the concept of it, but I feel like if we're neutral about our body, where's the journey? Or like, I, the... I was just thinking about like, right now my hips are really tight. And as soon as I get into them, I get pissed. I get like <laughs> pissed and like ashamed. And there's just like so many things that come up because I'm like, oh, they like, I should be working harder, like whatever the fuck. But I, that neutrality, I was just thinking of like, okay, well, I could think of instead of getting like angry, like all the things that I'm grateful for, or like mm -hmm. all the things that I, I am able to do with the hips that I have right now. And like, I guess that doesn't necessarily feel neutral, but it feels like just that practice of like meeting yourself where you're at. And sometimes that is just looking in the mirror, like you were talking about Katie and not going straight to the negative words, but also acknowledging that like, yes, this is hard for me. And this is just like where I am. And I'm grateful that I'm in front of the mirror instead of being like, I need to look in the mirror and be like, yeah, I love you. Cause like, like you just said, like, that's, that's a really big pendulum to yeah. shift. So I think, yeah, normalizing that it's a slow, journey and that's it's I mean maybe somebody out there can just always sit in like massive self-love and acceptance for themselves but I think normalizing that it is a journey and it's not like you get from point a to point b yeah with one self-love poem or like what yeah well and I think too like you speaking about that Anna and thinking of neutrality or what's resonating in me is like non-reactivity or yeah. you know like that's something that I feel like I have been working on for so long like if I am too physically hot in my body I get snappy and I get reactive or you know like the self-talk in a really challenging yoga pose or you know yeah in these ways rather than like reacting this idea of neutrality being like in that neutral space to kind of pause, slow down, reassess, and slowly come from this, yeah, this place of like, yeah, meeting yourself where you're at and allowing that to be a lesson in and of itself. Mm -hmm. I think that makes sense. Almost the idea of like catching, it's like, I think I'm just getting better at catching it whenever I start to feel negatively towards myself. I think like first step for me has just been like, I'm going to notice the thought <laughs> or yeah. notice the reaction, notice the emotion and just to be able to be like, Hmm. And then to try not to sing it a shame and just be like, well, that was a thought that wasn't nice. Yeah. That was rude. You know, yeah. like I think maybe that's for me where the idea of body neutrality is working in my, or where I'm thinking about it is like, can I just learn to catch the thoughts yeah. and just try to like, be like, you know what? I don't need to react it's, this is what my body's doing today. And that's how it is. Like, yeah, I don't need to like 
necessarily claim to love it, but I don't need to fight it. Like yeah. I can just be try and be as little reactive as possible. And I think your idea about gratitude too is really important, Anna, because I think one of the things that's been helping me a lot is to say like, thank you, strong legs. It's like, it's not about how you look legs. Like, you know, I don't have to like love, I mean, I want to eventually be able to love all the cellulite and stretch marks, but like, I can also just acknowledge and thank you for your effort. Like, thank you, strong legs for carrying me through the day. Thank you. You know, I'm proud of my whatever. I've just been trying to think also about my body in terms of function more. Because mm -hmm. I think I can build love by focusing on function and all the ways it supports me. And I think that eventually lets me love how it looks. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's a little hard to start with the loving how it looks part. Especially, especially because society's told me that my body's not acceptable for so long. You know, my body's told me that at my size, it's unacceptable for me to love myself and that I shouldn't, I'm not attractive. Like those are the messages that society's been saying to a lot of us in lots of different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not just about size, but there's lots of ways society tells us we're unacceptable. And so I guess for me, one of the things that's helping is focusing on what the function of my body and the ways I feel proud of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because we take a lot for granted, like no matter what our body looks like, it does a whole bunch of shit that we don't even have to think about. Yeah. Like, we poop. <laughs> I knew poop was going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a conversation between all three of us if poop didn't arrive. So. But, like, you know, there's, there's so much going on that we can be grateful for. And, like, I am grateful for that little nugget of wisdom, Katie, of just, like, yeah, just thank them for their function because they're functioning. And I'm gonna think of you next time I poop. Yeah. <laughs> Gratitude. Thank you for your poop. <laughs> I don't even know how this happened, but it's happening. <laughs> well, I just think it's a step on the body love journey that feels doable. Because I, I have often felt overwhelmed by it. It's like I really do want to love my body, and I'm way further on that journey than I was four years ago. But you know, there's still days where I'm like, well, I don't feel great about how this outfit looks. And if I can just instead be like, you know what? I'm thankful that I was able to ride my bike today. That felt really good. And you did some good work legs or yeah. Sometimes even when if I'm lotioning or oiling my body, I'll try and like thank different body parts for their efforts. Yeah. I do have been doing that. It's that so feel good. It's like, a, it's like a personal love language where I'm just like the, that intimate time of just like acknowledging and yeah, that care. Mm -hmm. just like, oh, it just is. Yeah. It's just a, beautiful intimacy of and then you know coconut oil all over your body is great too yeah. but yeah that time and sometimes like I'll put on you know like snow allegra or lena barraza or something that makes me feel really sensual or you know in in my essence or whatever that feels like but to have that time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to like yeah I think one of the things that I've been trying to do more is like touch my body but like touch it and like say things out loud and like one of the things that one of the one of my moments of uncomfortability one of my uncomfortable moments often will be like when you sit on the toilet you know I mean obviously I like to poop but and you look <laughs> down and you're you see your stomach and it just it's just it's there and it's not like sucked in posed in a mirror or like held in by all these lovely high-waisted pants that I get to have. It's just like there. And the other day I was looking at it and I was being a dick. I was being 
And then I just squeezed it and out loud, I was like, I love you. And then I just like <laughs> moved on. I was like, why is this happening? But to just ah, choose a different thought, say it out loud and then just try to let it go and just be like, okay, always, always works. But mm -hmm. I think like, yeah, touching your body and looking at it in the mirror and putting on the lotion and listening to the music and just being like, I'm trying my best to fall in love with you every day. Yeah. That's not easy. No. I also think this, that intimacy too, like masturbation, it's something that we don't talk about a lot, but it is something that is so, it's so beautiful to, mm -hmm. to be that in touch with your body or feel that pleasure and be able to give yourself that pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I read somewhere, this could be totally false, but I believe it. When you orgasm, you have more manifesting powers. So I've also thought about that while masturbating. I'm like, ooh, what am I going to call in today? <laughs> what am I going to owe into existence? Yeah. <laughs> That's rad. Yeah. No, I think it's an important thing that we don't talk about a lot in terms of sexual health. And I remember even whenever I was initially in you know, Quace and I first got together, I was so freaked out about how to talk about it in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I was like, how do you do that? Like, this feels like something that I'm not willing to, like, should be a part of our relationship, but how do you have that conversation? Yeah. It felt really taboo. I remember trying to bring it up with a few people and they seemed freaked out. And I was like, okay, it's a conversation <laughs> like, oh. for myself. Nope. <laughs> talk to me about that, okay? Yeah. But pleasure, you know, it's like if we, again, bring that up more or bring mm -hmm. that up for ourselves more and in conversation with others, like it's a whole new language of connection to mm -hmm. self and to others, whether in a relationship or, you know, what have you. So, yeah. I, Katie, yeah. next, you and your body series. Yeah. All about flicking the bean or yanking the snake. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. A whole new podcast. Yeah. Body sexy times. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be fascinating, to be honest. I feel like I would learn a lot talking to people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I would listen to all of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be fascinated too. Yeah. Well, Gemma, we didn't get to hear about you, how your uh, relationship with your body developed from when you were younger. I am very grateful for my mother for not ever having cable television. <laughs> I played outside a lot and just kind of that imagine. I don't, I remember like, I don't really think I had thoughts about my body until I think middle school. And I went to a super small all girls middle school and it was, I'm very grateful for that. It was um, very empowering. You know, our teachers, we're like, you can wear a sheet to school if you want. You can dye your hair whatever color, whatever expression you want, do that. And that was really lovely. Um, yeah, very empowering. Um, and, you know, we would do plays and we, we, you know, some of us were boys in the play and some of us were girls. And that was never a, you know, it's like the gender fluid, you know, the gender fluidity was also celebrated and that just I feel my mom did that intentionally because she was like middle school is a time where 
you know, you can kind of shrink away, especially around puberty and all of that. So I felt very strong going into high school being like, yeah, I'm, I got blue hair and I'm feeling great. And, but then in high school, it was a totally different world. And it was granted again, like I am a privileged white woman, but being in a school that felt so unfamiliar, so unfamiliar. It was a private Catholic high school that I got a scholarship to go to and I did not want to go to it. And everyone there, it was like cookie cutter, replicated, juicy suit. (laughs) You this juicy on the butt situation? Yeah, I just, and I, I remember being like, I hate it here. Like this is, there is, everyone looks the same. And it was, I remember thinking that was just kind of, off and then there were some just like things that happened in high school that I felt like the only way I could control aspects of my life was by not eating or over exercising um and so there was definitely a period of wanting you know kind of being brainwashed and being like well I kind of I want to look like these girls too and I want to you know look this way and go on these trips and I would always compare it and I remember talking to my mom being like well I don't I don't look like them and I can't go on these trips and she was like no you can't Gemma that's not who you are (laughs) like that's not that's not who you are and that has stayed with me because then I was like all right who am I and why am I controlling what I eat so much like I remember eating a bite of a cupcake once and then crying afterwards because I was like it's going to affect blah, 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 you know? And I was like, what am I doing? It's a fucking bite of a cupcake. Can I not enjoy it? And there was a, a deep, deep, like there was some shit there that I needed to deal with. And ironically yoga, <laughs> I went to yoga with Linnea in West Seattle and we'd go multiple times a week and having that time on the mat just to and I did an energy exchange and would clean. And it was just, yeah, it was just a space where I then, like, I would get hungry and I would eat what I wanted and I would enjoy it. And, but still there's so much, like, I, it's still always in the back of my head of like, and it's still something that I'm working on to this day of, of, you know, what, what healthy is or what I'm feeding my body and, and worrying less about how I look and more about how I feel. Um, But knowing like, I'm not a cookie cutter person, I don't want to be. And that is some brainwashy bullshit that (laughs) is like, it just, but when you're surrounded by it, it's like, you know, I tricked myself. I was like, but do I want to do that and be that? No, (laughs) but yeah, it's been a a long journey (laughs) for sure. And I also think that traveling also a very privileged thing to say, but being able to travel the world and see different cultures and taste different foods and have different conversations brought a whole new level of like what matters like what truly matters to me um and it's 
still something of like letting go of how I look and this idea of how I want to look and more about, yeah, how I feel connected to my body, connected to others, the conversations that are being had, the raw vulnerability and less about the, yeah, trying to fit into this box that just doesn't exist. <laughs> and you grew up a lot in the back of theaters too, right? Because your mom did a lot of set and costume design. How do you think that influenced your like relationship with yourself? I'm always fascinated by that aspect. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Yeah, being able to grow up in in theaters and then in restaurants. Like I remember my mom worked at this place called the pink door and there was a, it was like a Harry Potter closet with just napkins. And I just sit in there and just like, and I love the nightmare before Christmas. So they'd make me split pea soup, but it was frog's breath soup. Um, but growing up in the theater, self-expression, like the joy and celebration of being able to express yourself however the fuck you want to. And that is celebrated in theater, all the different characters and all the different, you know, roles and relationships you can have. But like, if you want to dress up, dress up, like put on what you feel great in and, you know, what feels good in your body, on your body. And it doesn't have to be the same thing every day, you know, like having that play and that like, yeah, just that creative expression of, of embodying you. Yeah, I loved growing up in theaters. <laughs> it seemed awesome to hear you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would you both say are some of the tools that you are using? I mean, obviously yoga we talked about, but what other tools do you say that you have been using to like develop your relationship with your body or any hot tips you've got for people? Nature. <laughs> I mean, more. being able to go out in nature and be in awe of the grand beauty of this universe, like the, the scope of the beauty of everything, like mother nature, are you kidding? Like breathing fresh air, hugging a tree, being able to just take some time and space to get away from everything and be surrounded it's like when you hear the wind in the trees or you you know have a moment that you have no words for or how to describe I feel like that has been a tool for me to come back to this place of gratitude for just living and appreciating where I've gotten myself definitely makes like your lack of thigh gap seem insignificant how much I weigh really matter <laughs> yeah a hawk just flew over me and said hello <laughs> they don't give a fuck what I look like no <laughs> I think um I've been naked a bit more Ooh. like when I I mean I've been really living the summer life and being in the sunshine and whenever I have the opportunity to take my top off it's off or but can be like naked at home a little bit more and just giving myself the option to see my body without its clothes on um, and to have other people see my body. I mean, obviously like you're welcome if you get to see these boobies, but <laughs> to just notice like my insecurities and my own programming, if I take 
my shirt off am i like wondering like can they see my nipple hair or like what it doesn't matter but to just work through that and and celebrate being naked and let other people be in celebration with that i think has been something that i haven't always been comfortable with if you think you need to like always cover yourself and not be seen and it's like letting myself see myself more and be seen even though sometimes it's uncomfortable like it just I've noticed it's made a big difference in my mm -hmm. acceptance of myself just being a bit more naked this summer it's a hot tip we should go to the naked beach in Seattle I've never been there go Howl. I'll go sometime. Yeah. 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 Trying to think what about me. I think for me, trying new things with my body is always a fun and exciting way to like zhuzh up the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Like whenever you're dating somebody, it feels like things are getting a little stale. You know, you try a little new date. You like try to do a new activity together. I think we can do the same thing with ourselves. Like mm -hmm. I got a bike and I just feel like it like reinvigorated my relationship with my body to try something new. Yeah. To be like, well, I wonder what I can and can't do, you know? Yeah. I think it's just, I think anytime you're willing to step outside of it and try something new, it gives you a new chance mm -hmm. to appreciate yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Our bodies can do, I mean, it's hard. I'll be honest. I've sobbed on the middle of a hill on my bike. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. I definitely been in a hill just crying. Oh, it was hilarious. I was <laughs> riding my bike. I was trying to get back up from the Burt Gillen to my house. I had to teach yoga in like 20 minutes. I didn't realize it was that big of a hill. It clearly bad timing. And I'm like purple face. And I was yelling to myself. There were lots of people around. I was just so tired. I didn't care. You can do hard things. And I was like yelling, I can do hard things. And sweating and crying. I looked over and one of our yoga students was just sitting there on the sidewalk. <laughs> You're like, yeah. This is me. <laughs> she ran over and she's like, you can do it. Like, it's really hard. It's okay. Like, oh, I hate this hill too. And I was like, thank you. I might have kept it together a bit more if I knew you were there. But <laughs> when you show up with yourself, that's yeah. when that's when the real the real shit and, happens. And I showed up purple faced and sweaty to teach my yoga class and told I them. I think I took that class of yours. Great. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I just figured I had to be honest. I was showing up clearly in a state. <laughs> I think dancing too. Yeah. It's not anything new for me because I just love to shake it. But yeah, like moving, actually physically moving my body. There is a there's a concept in um, what animals do to actually physically get rid of trauma. It's called pronking that like move Ooh. their body around. And so whenever I'm feeling like I need to, you know, get something out, I'm like, I just like, I just need to move for a while. And I think physically moving. And I think dance church has really inspired just like the non choreographed move, whatever, whatever you feel, however you feel, shake it, do whatever having that time to, to just like move through <laughs> is really powerful. Yeah. I think that's a great suggestion. Quasi and I have a 10 second butt shake policy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you feel like things are getting, I sometimes we're just cranky. Like yesterday it was hot. We were just cranky with each other. And so at some point you try to look at each other and be like 10 second butt shake. And somebody counts down from 10 to one and you have to shake your butt as hard as you can the whole time. <laughs> Very satisfying. Yeah. I love that.
I tried to make my high school students do it. They thought it was weird, but you know, they kind of went with it. <laughs> like it's gonna work. They're like, you want me to what? I was like, just stand up and like shake around. Like yeah. really? I was like, yeah, really. Just 10 seconds. I think too, like letting food be a lot of different kinds of experiences, like mm-hmm. pleasure. Flavortown is a lovely place to go and the best things taste good. So so I just think like, for me noticing what kind of experience I'm looking for in the food that I'm eating Mm. and giving myself permission to eat breakfast burritos and foods that feel heavier in me. And (laughs) when I'm holding them and just like trying to like ingest them in an excited way instead of like, well, I'm gonna need to eat broccoli tomorrow or like just noticing my mental landscape around the food that I'm eating, but trying to let it be all about pleasure where it's like whether I'm eating hard boiled eggs and like vegetables because that makes my physical body feel the best for movement or if laying on the couch and eating a breakfast burrito makes me feel really good because I'm just trying to relax and I want to go to sleep. Like mm-hmm. letting all of those different experiences be okay. Yeah. And trying again to like catch that thought of like, if I eat this, then my pants are going to be tighter or like whatever it is, like trying to catch that as quickly and sweetly as I can so that I can just enjoy what I'm eating or what I'm not eating or whether I'm moving or not moving, just like being trying to be more intentional about the choices and how I'm receiving those choices in my head, like has helped a lot because I think, especially with this time in quarantine and all that, like, you know, everything's just amplified and yeah, I just have become a lot more aware of the the self-talk that I had when I ate 10 cookies or breakfast burritos for breakfast four days in a row, like just noticing and trying to reword it and, and receive it however I wanted to actually receive it and letting it be all about pleasure and fun. And like, that's self-love. Just let yourself enjoy the fucking whatever you want to eat. I love that, Anna. I love that. I think I've also been thinking a lot about and trying to figure out how self-love and discipline can have a relationship because like, I think I went through swings in my life where I was super disciplined, mm-hmm. um, but like pretty mentally unhealthy, but like very, very disciplined, but like a little anxious, mm-hmm. a little like uptight. I used to have a really hard time relaxing. And then I feel like I took a swing the other direction where I was like, self-love is brownies every day and hot baths. You know, and I like, I'm trying to figure out now, I think, um, especially right before COVID, I felt like I hit a really good stride and then COVID threw me for a loop and like, I got to be graceful with that. Yeah. I felt like I was on a really good path, but like, how do we balance finding discipline? Because self-love also means exercising when I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Like self-love also means like making sure I eat some vegetables so I don't feel like complete shit. Mm -hmm. Like I find it hard sometimes to know where that balance is or how to find that balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because I feel like it, it's always a pendulum of sorts, right? 
you know, and like kind of going back to that idea of not neutrality, but this balance, like the middle, the middle path of sorts, right? Of like recognizing when you're swinging one way or the other, which is the hardest part because mm -hmm. if I'm swinging towards like decadence, I'm like, I'm just going to keep enjoying this. And I can like turn myself away from myself to be like, no, you're fine. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> but I think it's a multifaceted thing. Like Anna, what you were saying, like enjoy the food when you enjoy the food because the best things taste good. Mm -hmm. And then also recognize like moving your body is important too. Like, but, and it feels so cliche to say like, the awareness around it, <laughs> but maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a, I don't want to say like a schedule for yourself, but like just maybe like a little journal of like a gratitude journal or, you know, reminding yourself of when you're in a really good place, like writing how you're feeling. So if you need some motivation to go back to that or, writing little love notes to yourself or what makes you feel good in the moment and kind of keeping track of that to be able to look back on to, to inspire some energy to, to get back on the other side of the pendulum or an accountability buddy, I think is really nice too, to have conversations with and check in with and just be really real and honest about where you're at that day or that week, you know, community, community can really help we can really help each other in that way. I think it does, you know, it does not have to be a solo thing. You're not alone. Yeah. And I think Katie, one of the things that you inspired me with is like, when you talk about like, you know, eating something like healthy, like more vegetables that you're like, I'm, I'm eating this because it's like, it's good for like, it's good for me and it makes me feel good. So I think like where the discipline lies is just like being honest with yourself. Like you said, like, we know that the salads and the vegetables and the proteins like give us a lot of energy to then move or to mentally be nicer to ourselves and it's yeah physically the way that we maybe like see ourselves is totally tied into that but just understanding that like it's it's caring for yourself yeah and and letting it be inspired from that instead of like, oh, I have to eat these vegetables today because my pants felt tight yesterday. Like working yeah. to get rid of, or not get rid of, but just notice that that doesn't need to be the driving force in eating the kale or having the smoothie instead of a muffin some of the mornings. And then have the muffins. But just understanding that like the more plant-based nutrition how that makes you feel and that is like discipline in itself of just tying that two together and then letting yourself eat also the processed delicious salty <laughs> snacks you know like just trying to rewire why we're doing it yeah I think, I think focusing on how it feels is important for sure yeah and like, like that takes some of the shame out of it because then it's less about like shame it's just more about like well would I feel better if I had two pieces of chocolate or the whole thing? Maybe <laughs> two. Like, <laughs> or the whole thing. Or the whole thing. But yeah. I mean, like, you know, that's what I've been trying to do. <laughs> yeah. And I've been trying to also think about the motivation for whatever I'm choosing to put in my body. Like, is this because I'm upset or mm -hmm. because I feel bad about myself or I'm having a hard day? 
And like, could we choose something different first? Or could we at least, you know, think about it a little bit before I just rage eat a bunch of chocolate because I'm upset? Yeah, because I think if we're mindful or thoughtful about what we're putting in our bodies, if we've taken the time to have that conversation first, then we can let go of more of like the regret or like shame on, oh my God, I just ate that pint of ice cream and now like, I'm not going to throw it up, but like, I wish I could. Like that, like letting go of that, making the conscious choice before to be like, I'm not fucking eat this and I'm going to, because I want to, because it tastes good. Yeah. Checking in, it's like, am I really sad? And then is this initially just going to make me feel worse later? Like the discipline around having the, the chat with yourself before. Yeah. I think is where we, where there's a lot of opportunity there mm-hmm. so that we can eat all the things and, and have it from more enjoyment and less like yeah. Monday through Friday, you eat kale and that's all you get. Like, yeah, no, we live our lives. That never, that never works. That never <laughs> works. No, that's no fun. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't ever need to be putting ourselves on a diet. We just, get to be aware of the choices that we're making and why we're making them. Yeah. Intentionality. Yeah. Intention with ourselves. Is there any final thoughts or comments or anything like that, that you had that you didn't get quite to say or share? It's hard to be in a body. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not easy choosing to peel back the layers and to get to the the love. Like we all have forgotten that deep love somewhere or another, whether it's trauma or what we've seen or a mixture of everything. Like we've all we've all forgotten a little bit or a lot of it. And it's never too late to start that journey. Mm-hmm. And just I mean I've said it, but like we're just no one's alone in this journey to accepting our bodies and i think the more that we try to accept that's where the love can come it's not the acceptance i feel like just comes first it's accepting yeah. our bodies for the way that they are because they are beautiful and they're always going to be changing so that means that this is a constant practice and evolution like so keep up the work and keep sharing. Yeah. There's um, that Naira Wahid poem that um, it's, there is you and there is you. This is the relationship and this is the most important relationship. And the title of the poem is home. Mm-hmm. And I think this just, you know, throughout this journey and this process of peeling back the layers just to think of yourself as a home and what you're building and what you are you know rebuilding and tearing down and to be so 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 sweet and kind and understanding towards yourself because yeah it is hard it is not easy and it's it's not going anywhere you know so we are not alone, but you are, you are your home. And so just to be so tender and, and loving towards yourself 
throughout the process, especially when it's hard. Well, thank you both so much for being here. I love you so much. It was such an incredible conversation. Yeah. Love you, Katie and Anna. You can find You and Your Body on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. For more info, check out my Facebook page, my Instagram, You and Your Bod Pod, and my website, www.youandyourbodpod.com. Our artwork was provided by the incredible Amber Catford. Seriously, check out her Instagram. And our music by a dear friend, Cinnamon Sugar. It's truly been an honor. See you next week.